the coronavirus pandemic and the impact on the gig economy. What now? That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from my mom's half finished basement where we were quarantining before it was cool. I'm Joe Salcihai. <laughs> this is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. It's, it's well, Bobby, before I get to the fact that this is brought to you by Tiller Money, uh, but we were also six days a week before it was cool. A lot of podcasts yes. ramping up the number of shows that they do, the amount of stuff they do. We've been six days a week for a yes. good long time and no plans on changing that. Uh, today's yeah. show brought to you by Tiller Money, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated each day. Only Tiller Money automatically updates spreadsheets with your daily spending, account balances, and transactions. So you can track everything in one place with the greatest control. You know what you can do while you're quarantining? You can get your financial house in order and it starts by tracking your money. If you use Tiller Money, you can try it out for free for 30 days. But if you use our link, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF, you'll also get 20% off your subscription when you decide that like I did, that it's awesome, then you should be using it. So that's my commentary. But lots well of commentary said. today on jobs, Bobby. Yes. And uh, some general ugliness, obviously, in the job market, people wondering about their jobs. So let's jump into this. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Andy from the Inspired Money Podcast. Just like hanging out and chatting about the news, that's why I tune in to Money with Friends. Today's headline, uh, we bring you from the New York Times. It is by Kate Conger, Adam Satariano, and Mike Isaac. Pandemic erodes gig economy work. Gig companies promoted their flexible hours as an economic lifeline for workers. In the coronavirus outbreak, it has been anything but. And it starts out with a locator in San Francisco. It was just after 11 a.m. last Wednesday when Jamie Maldonado, 51 years old, pulled his rented Nissan into a lot outside San Francisco International Airport. He figured he had a long way to head about two hours before Lyft would ping him to pick up a passenger. And then it goes into the atmosphere of the jets roaring ahead and how he was killing time, um, looping his mask that he recently started uh, wearing around his wrist. I'm not sure if that's a good idea. Um, and went to talk with other drivers. And he's wondering out loud, what am I going to do to pump gas and feed my kids tomorrow? Um, the number of typical rides for him has dropped to around 50 from 100 just earlier in the month. And his payout, of course, also fell to about half, uh, about $600 a week from which Lyft would subtract the rental fee for his car. The, pande the coronavirus pandemic is exposing the fragile situation of gig economy workers, the Uber and Lyft drivers, food delivery couriers, and TaskRabbit furniture builders who are behind the convenience as a service apps that are now part of everyday life. Classified as freelancers and not full-time employees, these workers have few protections like guaranteed wages, sick pay, and health care, which are benefits that are critical in a crisis. While gig economy companies like Uber and DoorDash have promoted themselves as providing flexible work that can be lifelines to workers during economic downturns, downturns interviews with 20 ride-hailing drivers and food delivery couriers in Europe and the United States over the past week showed that the services have been anything but that. 
Instead, as the fallout from the coronavirus spreads, gig workers' earnings have plummeted, and many have become disgruntled about their lack of health care. Many others are also feeling economic pain from the outbreak. Layoffs have hit workers in retailing, airlines, hotels, restaurants, and gyms. But even as public health agencies have recommended social isolation to insulate people from the virus, gig workers must continue interacting with others to pay their bills. They've got no social insurance at all, said Senator Mark Warner, a Democrat from Virginia, who had proposed federal legislation to provide benefits for the estimated 15 million Americans who depend on gig economy jobs as their primary source of income. A large swath of workers will be left with nothing. In recent weeks, some gig economy companies have responded by offering basic sick leave provisions and cleaning products like hand sanitizer for drivers. Uber, Lyft, Instacart, and DoorDash said that they would pay workers for 14 days of work if they have a coronavirus diagnosis and need to stay home. Uber and Lyft also said they provide cleaning products, though they have struggled to place mass orders and distribute the products to drivers. Postmates, DoorDash, Uber Eats, and Grubhub also have introduced a no-contact delivery service so drivers can leave food orders on the front steps of a customer's address without interacting with them. Not every job can work from home, and certainly this is the reality for our drivers and couriers who need to pay their bills. Andrew McDonald, an Uber senior vice president who oversees global operations, said in an interview, what we're trying to do is make that experience as safe as possible. The, the piece goes on, Bobby, to talk about some of the struggles that these companies have had. And obviously, when you're a small startup, I mean, and not even a small startup, a big startup, but companies like Uber and Lyft, it's no um, no secret that they've been losing money hand over fist. I mean, you know, they they built the whole uh, house of cards, I guess, on on their trajectory. And now that rides are down and people aren't traveling as much, the trajectory doesn't look as good. It becomes difficult for them and for the people that relied on them. Absolutely. And it also becomes, you know, a very precarious situation for the workers because so many of us are being told to self-isolate, to keep social distancing, but it's not that easy for many of these workers, especially if you're in the delivery business and if you are driving a car of some sort, obviously they're taking some precautions, but there are limits to that. And if you're only getting these this financial help from the companies if you are actually diagnosed. Well, they can't even get a test in most cases unless you have very severe symptoms. So that's, you know, kind of an after the fact thing. Um, it's tough. And, and the truth is that what the gig economy has been so wonderful for is to create additional income when someone's primary job is not paying enough. It can create a secondary um uh, income stream, which is something we've always advocated here, that it's always good to have different income streams, ideally unrelated, so that you have that diversity of income. But that also has these obvious downsides. You know, it's it's funny. We've uh, talked about this before in better times. And this is always a tough time to talk about this because I don't know, frankly, I don't know right now what you can do except plan for the future. And it, you know, it, it's it, it's easy and trite to sit and go, well, we said before that this wasn't the end all be all. But and that just sounds so like my mom. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, I don't want to do that. But what I will say is this, is that I've been through three. This is my third downturn. If you count the 9-11 thing, this would be number four, right? We had the tech wreck. We had 2000 to 2002. We had the, um, the Great Recession. I don't know what we're calling this yet. Um, I, I've, my vote, kind of snarky, is we call it my Corona, you know, like my Sharona, like the song. No, don't want to call no. it that. Okay. No. 
um, so, so, uh, but I haven't heard a name for this yet, but, but, but the, but every single time that I've been through one of these, I have to use a time like this and use it to see what things are like when we get to worst case scenario. And then when we get out of it and we're beyond day by day living, which for a lot of people, as you can see, it's where's my next meal going to come from, right? How am I going to deal with this? But, and I was there, I, I, I had to become a paper boy to make money. I was up at four o'clock in the morning. There was no gig economy. That was the version of the gig economy. I'm like, nope, doesn't pay enough, but it pays something. So I'm out there at four o'clock in the morning, freezing my ass off, avoiding dogs at all costs um, in the middle of January. And, and my big lesson was I need to start building something. I need to build something that I own that's not, that, that isn't uh, dependent on somebody else so that I can have revenue coming in, or at least I control my revenue. The big thing I worry about, about Uber and Lyft drivers and Uber Eats and all these people, they're still really dependent on these companies. Um, I mean, I know the companies are depending on on customers, but they're depending on these companies to do the right thing instead of being able to just say, here's the way I'm going to run my company. Here's what I'm going to do. Well, I think most companies do want to do the right thing as much as they can, both for altruistic reasons, but also for business reasons, because they do want their employees to be able to come back when hopefully, and I believe we will all recover from this, maybe not exactly the same, but I do believe that we're strong and we'll come back. So you want to stand by your employees as much as possible and do the most responsible thing. Some companies that have laid people off have said, for example, restaurant owners, we're doing this because then they can collect unemployment and we're going to take all of the food that we have and we're going to be giving it to our employees first to perish and then the long-term food that we will be giving that to feed our own employees, but we want them to be able to get unemployment benefits. So that's why we're doing the layoffs as quickly as we are. I also think it's important to think about the general characteristics of the people that work in the gig economy. They're generally hardworking, very enterprising, motivated by a lot of the things that you just talked about, that they want to control their income. A lot of the people were drawn to places to work for employers like Uber and Lyft because you can set your own hours. You can work as hard as you want to or as maybe is you know just do it as a little bit of a side thing for a little extra cash when you feel like you want a little money to go out that weekend and i think that's something that should be applauded that people do work very hard in a lot of these things and they are often secondary jobs that people are doing to better their lives and and they're working for it versus people that um just kind of sit in their regular day job and phone it in um so i think these people should be at least um understood the vast majority of them well, that they are working really hard. And, and it's funny, I feel like more people are going to turn to the gig economy to help them yeah. out as their main job, you know, maybe struggles for a while. Yeah. And but, and look, it, yes, it does not have health insurance and all those wonderful benefits that we now are appreciating more. And maybe younger people that were drawn to the gig economy because of the lifestyle freedoms that it provides now will also take into account the support that full-time work offers them and maybe that will shift the values. Maybe it will shift our society back to different kinds of systems that were popular a century ago, where maybe we'll decide that as a nation, we don't want to have um, defined contributions as much as we want to have defined benefits as a society. And that's something that can change culturally. And it's something that maybe, you know, the government could change going forward. These are things we take for granted that we've moved to this contribution model versus defined benefit model. Maybe that's something we as a country will revisit. Do, it's do. not so far-fetched. 
No. Well, even the creator of the 401k said that it wasn't meant to be kind of what it is. Now. Like it's stool. The end all be all. Right. I mean, now it's really, it's, it's much more the one legged stool, but it's, it's funny. I'm, I'm just thinking of as a financial planner, historically what I, you know, we'd always look at was, are there opportunities to earn more money? A lot of bosses during good times say they're happy to give you a raise. You just don't ask women, especially if you've seen the statistics, Bobby, more than I have women, yep. especially are afraid to ask. They're afraid to rock the boat and bosses they also get turned down a lot. And I was turned down quite a few times and just kept getting fancier titles. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked about that quite a bit. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, uh, so, so making more money is something we focused on, but this, in this area where you're finding now the, the make more money train is getting tougher. This is where that other side of the equation, the focusing on your expense side helps. Mm -hmm. We just saw, uh, as we're recording this on Friday, we just saw that it looks like uh, tax day is going to be pushed back to July 15th. Obviously, if you're getting a refund, you want to get that money as soon as possible and put it in a safe place and dole it out. This is not, um, this isn't party money. Uh, like you and I were talking about before we went live, this is, this is money to live on. If there is a government uh, benefit, we've, we just saw uh, yesterday afternoon, the Senate, uh, another piece of their legislation says maybe there might be some checks coming for people, $1,000 per adult, $500 for children. That might be coming. If that comes once again, not the right time to, 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 well, where are you going to go? <laughs> I was going to say not the right time to go to Disneyland, but you're not well, going to Disneyland. But Well, the truth is that, you know, when in a quote, more normal recession, it affects different people in different ways at different times. And to some degree, that's still true. But we're sort of all experiencing this together. And, in you know, people say it's an economy of one. So let's say a more typical recession, you lose your job, maybe a few of your friends do or, or have lower income, whatever, but some people are fine. There's this kind of mixed bag. And some people might sort of be living, you know, you, you kind of see the Joneses still doing certain things. In this case, nobody's going out to dinner. Yeah. Nobody's shopping, I don't think, for new clothes to go out and so on. Nobody's going to the gym. Everyone's home. A lot of the opportunities to spend money that you may have thought of as necessary um, are gone. You're probably not going to get a haircut. You're not going to get your nails done. All these things that add up, so many of our expenses are just gone. The only expense we really have is food and, and you know, general paying your bills, of course, that yeah. are due, which if you can, you should absolutely do. And if you can't, uh, one thing that I've been saying um, when people have done interviews with me is communicate. If you can't pay a bill, don't just not pay it communicate with the person you owe the money to or the entity and they will in almost every case work with you. Don't just, don't just ghost somebody. Especially right now, especially right now. Yeah. Just communicate and say your situation and um, all, pretty much all the financial institutions I think are getting on board and working with people. The, um, uh, another uh, another thing is look at your interest rates. You know, we just had uh, mm -hmm. the Fed cut rates again. Uh, immediately, that helps with your car loan if you have one. Um, it also HELOCs. helps with uh, what's that? Your HELOC. Yeah, on that yeah. Line of credit. Yep, helps with that. Helps with uh, a credit card revolving credit. You won't see your credit card interest rate if it's a if it's a um, revolving rate. You won't see it come down right away. Usually, those those are on a quarterly basis. They will readjust those. But um, but consolidation loans. If it's time for you to start living a cash lifestyle and cut up the credit card because you've been mishandling them, 
Now's mm-hmm. a g- great time to do that. And then, you know, tangentially, we've also seen we've also seen the uh, the uh, treasuries go up, which means interest rates on treasuries have come down, and that means mortgage people are busier than ever. And talking to some mortgage people, Bobby, they've told uh, told me, and I've heard colloquially that um, you need to get in line because the lines are long to refinance your house right now, and it might take them a while to get back to you. So, but get in line as soon as possible. To, to get that done so that you can start saving some money also on your mortgage. Yeah. Uh, uh, two things. Number one, we do this live with, uh, with some friends on, on YouTube today. If you want to join us, head to our YouTube channel, which is uh, uh, Money with Friends. Just put Money with Friends in the search engine there. Click on subscribe and you'll see us when we go live. Kelly says that she's uh, finding her business is recession proof, but she's not sure about Corona government shutdown proof. I think, I think this is a whole new world, Kelly, isn't it, Bobby? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. It's definitely a whole different place. And uh, Chris is with us, says social distancing and getting uh, 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 money while you're laid off is a great privilege. That part that kills me. So many of my family members income not protected is they're protected themselves from uh, from the coronavirus. That's that's that that's true. A lot of a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, by the way, in the gig economy and we reported just a little bit on this before, but. A lot of people don't do the right math when they go to work for one of these companies and they don't think about the depreciation on their car and they, they don't think about the gas that the gas costs, the cost of their time. Like they don't think of all of these tangential costs that businesses do. And Lyft and Uber know they're not giving you a phenomenal deal when you go drive for them. But a lot of people think just looking at the top line costs, like, well, heck, I can make X amount of money. A lot of that goes back to the cost, whether short term or long term. So you got to do some 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 better math there. Great point by 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 uh, Chris Ashley also says our electric company just sent an email about how they're willing to work with people and will not be shutting off power while this is going on. But Bobby, to your point, you got to communicate with the electric company. Exactly, exactly. I think everyone, as I said, the the big thing that is different about this, assuming it, we do predict people are saying it will be a recession. Of course, to actually call it a recession, we have to have two quarters of negative growth, I believe. So that hasn't happened yet. But this economic situation um, is that it is happening simultaneously to so many people um, at different levels, but also at the same level in, in many ways, which is unusual that we are all experiencing the same thing at the same time. By the way, speaking of Ashley, Ashley did um, get us um, a gauge on our money friends on our Instagram. She asked on our behalf, um, this is our producer, Ashley, who's here with us. Have you been working in the gig economy recently? Um, and that's, I was surprised actually at our, our audience's response. Um, how much of our money friends, how many of them, what percentage are working in the gig economy? I'd say knowing what hustlers our friends are, that um, it's got to be 60 to 70%. So I'll say 65%. No, it was actually just the opposite. Um, only 29% said that Love they've that been re- working in the gig economy recently. So a lot of our many friends um, have full-time jobs or are at least not working in the gig economy. Um, and we did get um, just a couple comments on that, um, um, basically just asking about you know what the future of the um, economy is. And Annette says, I hope it will be back to normal um, soon. Um, and just a lot of, you know, that's re- in response to what changes will the gig economy see. And... Um, you know, yeah. um, and Jackster says he just doesn't know. I mean, it, I think we just, that's, that's very accurate. It says it all. We don't know. We just don't know. Yeah. I think, uh, being, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable, I think is, yeah. 
is ugly. I don't know if you can ever be completely comfortable, but um, how do people help us make the show, Bobby? Uh, people can follow us on Instagram at moneyfriendspod. That's also our handle on Twitter. Awesome. And uh, in just a second, we're going to have our, our big take-home idea. But while Bobby gets ready to completely blow us away with hers, I want to talk just a second about tiller money because tiller is a great thing to spend time looking at while you are quarantining at home. Uh, tiller uh, is based on spreadsheets. And I like the tiller, tiller Quick Insights, which shows what new transactions have come in because of the fact that my spreadsheet automatically updates with my bank, my investment accounts uh, on a daily basis. It, I can look at my largest outflow. I can look at my where my money's coming from. I can look at who I pay the most, areas of my budget where I'm over budget, under whatever it might be. I can do it at Tiller because of the fact that it is a spreadsheet. And the cool thing is you don't have to be a spreadsheet pro. A lot of people in the Tiller community like making spreadsheets and they Tiller has found some of the best ones and you can start off with those and then personalize it to your heart's delight. So check it out. It's uh, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. Use our link, by the way. So after you test drive it, you'll get 20% off your annual subscription. So thanks to them for working with us. And thanks to you for using our link. It helps you, but it also helps us keep podcasting when you use our link. All right, Bobby, what is our big takeaway for today? I have a heavy heart for these gig economy workers. Um, these were income lifelines um, when, for example, a person is out of work or needed or wanted to work a little bit harder to make more money. The vast majority of these workers have the best of intentions, but the nature of this recession is so widespread. Its impact is unprecedented. No one has done anything wrong. And let's all just hope we find a way out soon. Yeah, I, I, I feel like everything I could say too would be would be trite, but I think that um, there's a guy Robert Allen who, uh, for a long time, was a big uh, real estate guru, and he always said that there's two doors in life: there's the security door, and there is the opportunity door, and whoever reaches for the security door gets neither, and you should always reach for the opportunity door. And I feel like people looking at the gig economy, we're looking at the opportunity door. But I will say the opportunity door also is fraught with a lot more risk. And rather than work for somebody else, maybe this is a good time to begin setting up the foundation if you have time and if you have energy. I know there's some people that are going paycheck to paycheck and don't have time or energy to do that. But even then, and I remember those days for me, my thought process while I was out there delivering papers, Bobby, was always the second I get a free moment, I'm going to start building something for myself so I have more opportunity, maybe less security, but I'm not relying on somebody else's decision making. Yeah. It's tough though. It is it's tough. really tough. It's and perfect. I feel for people. And I love what Kelly is saying here. Her motto is to acknowledge the struggle and recognize the strength. So I applaud everyone that's doing their best in this situation. Um, it's tough. Bobby and, and I, most of this is not anyone's fault. Yeah, we're going to we're going to sit uh, on this topic uh, through the weekend, because on Monday, Bobby and I are going to be back talking about the other start, uh, uh, part of the workforce, which is a headline from The Wall Street Journal that says the job shock begins. We'll talk about that on Monday. We'll see you guys back here. On behalf of Bobby, I'm Joe. See you next time.
This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebell and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.